Hey everyone, thanks for listening. This is Sam Stecker, Superintendent of East Butler Public Schools, and you are, of course, listening to the NCSA podcast. NCSA is the Nebraska Council of School Administrators. It is your premier organization to increase your professional acumen in educational leadership in our great state of Nebraska. Today, I'm joined by a fellow named Bruce. Bruce, would you mind introducing yourself? You bet, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Bruce Rieger, and I'm the Vice President of Government Relations for Farm Bureau. Right on. Well, I appreciate you being with us here today, and I need to announce my bias. We were just talking before we started to record. I grew up a farm boy. Mm-hmm. I grew up with the corn and the cattle in Dodge County, and I firmly believe that our public schools in Nebraska are in great shape in no small part due to the ag industry, and for a myriad of reasons, whether that be the essential financial support, whether it be the lessons that those kids learn on the farm and then take into the classroom and they become teachers and become leaders. There, there's a ton of reasons to me why it's so valuable. Um, but again, I'm kind of biased because I grew up that way. Um, not only that, I really think that the ag industry is changing. And in order for it to continue to survive and thrive, that is a responsibility, an obligation I think that also falls on public schools to make sure that our students are heading out ready to be contributing members to that industry, which is such a vital part of our state. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which kind of brings me to my first question. From your perspective, what do you think um, should be our top priorities as educational leaders in the state of Nebraska when it comes to the priority of the ag industry as well? Wow. Uh, wonderful question, and I'll share a little bit of my bias, too. I'm a graduate of Eustis Public High School, uh, south of Cozad, about 15 miles, uh, before it became Eustis Farnham. Yeah. But I uh, graduated out there in 1978, uh, grew up on a farm uh, north of Eustis. Uh, had, it was a diversified farm, livestock, uh, row crop production, things like that. Uh, my parents in their mid-80s are still on the farm. Awesome. So, that's cool. Uh, so I, I have a bias there, and uh, I've been with Farm Bureau almost two years. Uh, I've, had, I've been in the, the public policy arena for about uh, almost three decades and uh, thoroughly enjoy it. But, uh, uh, you know, so I, I have a bias towards responsible public policy, too. But, uh, you know, your question specifically about uh, the partnership between education and agriculture has probably never been more important than it is now. Um, you know, with, with all of the advancements, uh, in, in no matter what industry, but uh, you take agriculture and uh, let's take a dairy farm specifically. Um, you know, the dairy farms of today, every cow has a monitor on. Um, you know, so the mm-hmm. technology associated with monitoring intake production, uh, the same things are true for other types of livestock. And then with all of the technology that goes into uh, crop production, uh-huh. uh, just there are so many sophisticated parts of the agricultural industry that it's not just going out and disking uh, the field and putting the, the seed in the ground and, and, and hope it rains and, and it all works out. Uh, it's very sophisticated, very scientific. Nebraska, depending on your estimates uh, and who's, who's measuring it, it probably accounts for somewhere between 28 and 30% of our state's entire economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's responsible for one in every four jobs. Even though agricultural producers only make up about three or 4% of the population, 
Agriculture is one in four jobs in this state, uh, whether you're living and working in Omaha or Lincoln or a more rural community. Uh, there's a lot of jobs that are dependent on that, uh, and international trade uh, is another thing that is incredibly important. We're watching this, not only just watching it, but we're very much involved in everything that's going on on Capitol Hill uh, as well. So to answer your question specifically, to have a, a worldly knowledge, street smarts as to how we're interconnected, uh, around the globe, uh, both technology-wise, uh, you know, the, the sophistication of agricultural production and marketing. And all of these things go hand-in-hand hand to uh, help the producers be more profitable. And, um, you know, at the, the very basic uh, part of agriculture, uh, you know, it is a business. And uh, to understand markets, uh, the, uh, the inner workings of, of a lot of things in our economy, it's all interrelated, to, and so um, uh, if, I, if I said one thing uh, that I would like to see education do more of, a lot of our students don't know that much about production agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, we're one and two and three generations removed from the farm, and so I'm not asking you to immerse students in that, but to have a better understanding or, or to... to open their eyes as far as what's all available uh, and the possibilities, that would be a great thing to do. You know, I I think it's really interesting. To me, there's um, a two-part kind of divide there. You talk about the generations that we are removed from production, and I do think that we have far more students than we ever have before that are separated from that farm life, from that, that farm boy upbringing. At the same time, you know, use the word sophistication. The ag industry is incredibly sophisticated anymore when it comes to the technology that you use, the knowledge base, uh, the global impact. And, you know, it's a real challenge for us to make sure that we have our students understand here is where the seed goes in the ground. Mm -hmm. This is like the foundation of it. At the same time, Boy, kids, look at all the science behind this, between what makes that happen and the economics of how we spread that out to that, that global enterprise and all the different people that it impacts. It's, it's just, it's huge. And the more that we can make our students aware of that, you know, we try to at East Butler where I'm superintendent, I have a couple of fourth grade teachers that are just amazing at getting our students out into those arenas so they can see dairy production, so they can see soybean production. And we've got a lot of farm kids, but we've also have a lot of kids that have never been through that before. Boy, does it open a whole lot of eyes. And the more opportunities we can take to put our students in those circumstances where they can see this is where it's coming from, kids, and this is where it's headed. I think that's huge. And if I can comment on that, Sam, one of the areas where I see an incredible opportunity, and we're maximizing it already, but, you know, here we are in Nebraska. We're in the center of the United States. Um, you know, when I used to work on Capitol Hill, you know, there were lots of people that referred to Nebraska as the flyover yes. zone, things like that. Well, we're not in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of everywhere. Yes. We are. And uh, when you look at, you know, how we're positioned, not only in the country, but North America, and the North America Free Trade Agreement is hugely mm-hmm. important to, to Nebraska's economy because it's, it's worth 4 or $5 billion a year just to, to our economy alone. But where I'm going with this is even if you're not into production agriculture, 
if you're into transportation, distribution, warehousing, and logistics, absolutely tremendous opportunity. I mean, whether whether we're shipping things by rail, truck, whether however we're distributing our product and the finished goods around the country, uh-huh. uh, it's amazing how far our reach is in just the course of 24 or 48 hours after something is processed, uh-huh. where it can be on the continent. But those are types of opportunities that just, they, they literally blow my mind as far as the reach of what the opportunities are for production agriculture and, and that economy. Absolutely. Uh, I think that we also have uh, our educational leadership in the state of Nebraska, I think has a pretty good sense of the pulse of the agriculture industry. And I think there's a lot of good relationships and collaboration that goes on goes on between the two. But I also think it's something that we can't rest on. We need to continue to foster it. What is What are some things that you think that as educational leaders we can continue to do or we should be doing to make sure that relationship between what we're having happen in the classroom and what's happening in the ag industry, we maintain that relationship? Communication. Uh-huh. You know, I... I've dubbed it information transfer. I mean, it, it's it, there's so much information out there, and I know it's in, in your arena and it's in our arena, and they're interrelated. Um, you know, how can we have uh, those uh, interpersonal relationships where it comes from people, uh-huh. you know, to, to get them in the classroom or to have uh, the folks in the classroom come out, to, to, whether it's an ag processing uh-huh. facility Whatever it may be. I, I think that those are, are, are uh, absolutely critical. You know, you mentioned about the, the good partnership, uh, you know, with uh, between agriculture and the classroom. Uh, and that's something that uh, has really brought me uh, into to close affinity with NCSA and, and uh, others, uh, you know, members such as yourself and, and others around the state. is because we're all in this together. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I, w- I would say that, uh, and, and many of your colleagues have told me that, uh, you know, there was something in the public policy arena, especially when it comes to property taxes and funding education, that there was a divide uh, and then somewhat sometimes a contentious relationship. Uh, we all are in this together. Um, you know, we have, we have a, a vested interest, um, you know, we in agriculture. Uh-huh. have a best, vested interest in having uh, the the best education possible for our youth because they're what's going to help us be, you know, more profitable in the future, uh, more responsible in a lot of different areas, things like that. But there has been a divide. Sometimes the politicians tried to create it. Uh, sometimes we probably created it ourselves. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have uh, some partnerships that we're working on, and I give tremendous credit to the NCSA, uh, your leadership here, uh, your colleagues around the state that have truly uh, invited us in and, and have been sharing information about how we can more effectively develop a better relationship with each other about how we fund education and what we get for it. And that is really good to hear. You know, we're at that time of year right now where everybody's setting their tax levy. Mm-hmm. And I think that frequently that becomes a time of year where there's some contention between our farmers that we serve, and sometimes the administration and school boards. But when you talk about communication, I have numerous peers that have talked about, you know, I had some of our ag producers have concerns about what was going on with the school budget, what our tax levy was, and then I bring them in and I talk to them, and we put everything out on paper, and we're completely transparent, and then they'll say, 
gosh, I guess that's what you need. And if we take the time to make that communication happen, and we also make sure that those agrarian producers that we're serving understand we appreciate that contribution. Mm-hmm. We know it's not easy on you, and we're doing our best to take care of those kids. We end up with a communication that makes sure that both sides realize we are in this for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, who do you think is somebody that we should all be paying attention to, uh, either in this state or beyond this state, uh, that has good information, good perspective, and we, we can all learn from so we can continue to build that partnership between ag and ed? I don't have one specific person, Sam. Well, that's good. <laughs> but uh, and, and this is going to demonstrate or show a little bit of my uh, bias as well. But uh, we, we have a partnership that has been formed. It's called Nebraskans United for okay. Property Tax Reform and Education, with both of those being equally important, mm-hmm. uh, education and property tax reform. This group is formed, and it's equally weighted or balanced between property owners, primarily ag uh, groups. Uh, there's eight or nine groups from the ag sector, and there's eight or nine groups uh, from the education side of the equation, some think tank folks, things like that. But there are tremendous leaders within that group, and I mean, it's not an exclusive group. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're working on on making it bigger. We want to make sure this group, and and we are all in. When I say we, Farm Bureau, we're all into this partnership. We want to make sure that schools are adequately funded and that there's a quality education. What we would like to see is more of a balanced approach as to who's all paying for it. Makes sense. And so, you know, we're working on those, and we have tremendous partnerships uh, and input from from a lot of uh, the leaders in education. And, you know, and at the risk of leaving somebody out, I am, I, I'm going to mention a few people mm-hmm. that are at the table. You know, you got Mike Delaney uh, mm-hmm. and Kyle McGowan here at NCSA. You got Rob Winter at GNSA and, and John Hobbin and Matt Bloomstead and uh, Mike Lucas with Stance in the York Public Schools and, and, and many, many more. I could, I could list them, but they've been around the table and we talk about things. And not all of these meetings have been group hugs, I guarantee you, but, <laughs> guarantee you that. Some but, passionate people around they're, that They're table. passionate people, but, but that's what it takes to, to make the difference that we need to, to, to make in, in, in how we fund education. And, you know, we're seeking a secure and stable stream of funding for mm-hmm. education because we have to have that. From our side, I mean, from the, the Farm Bureau or from the, the ag producer side, yeah, we, we, we're definitely pushing for a more balanced approach to funding education, but I, I hear it loud and clear from your colleagues. Uh, it has to be stable, secure, uh, those sorts of things. And so... Boy, I wish I could tell you, you know, we've developed, uh, we have the silver bullet uh, and that we're ready to roll it out and everybody's just going to, you know, jump in line with this thing. Boy, if it's, you did, I would be really impressed yeah, right you, you'd probably think, what the <laughs> heck is he trying to sell me to? Uh, but I think we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and there isn't one silver bullet. It's a portfolio of solutions. And, and this is, we're in this for the long haul. Our state is. Uh, but there are some really positive things uh, where I see people say, okay, yeah, we have a weak spot here, or, you know, this is where we need to be there. Um, and as long as everybody is, is focused on the end game, um, you know, we're making progress. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I am an eternal optimist. Um, 
you know, and I could wish I, I, I wish I could tell everybody that's listening to this, you know, what it's going to look like. Um, I don't know, because there's a lot of great ideas that are being thrown on the table. Um, and, and, and we're sorting through those things. Um, and, and we welcome anybody's opinion. Uh, so I really appreciate two things about that. Number one, the realistic approach and number two, that optimism, because realistically it's hard work. It's also hard work we can do and it's work that's worth it. So that is good to hear. All right. I'm going to throw one more question at you just because, uh, Dr. Mike Delaney would not let me get out of here without asking this because he made sure to make his point, and I, I didn't let you know I was going to do this, but he, okay. he always wants a Tom Osborne story. So if we were, if, <laughs> if Dr. Tom were sitting here, if Coach were here right now and he's listening, what else do you think he'd throw in on this? Well, uh, wow, uh, the, the trick question, and for the listeners who, who don't know, um, you know, my relationship with Tom Osborne, and I still see him uh, often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I run into him uh, sometimes when we're working out and other places, but uh, I was Tom's chief of staff while he was in Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a personal note, uh, and I've told him this, uh, but I'll tell all the listeners, uh, I was 40 when I went to work for Tom, and I worked for him for seven years. I grew more personally, professionally, and spiritually in those seven years with him than I did the first 40 of my life. It's pretty uh, impressive. It, it is impressive. Uh, but that's the kind of impact um, that, uh, that he's had on me. You know, uh, from a very serious perspective of uh, what he would, um, you know, what he would share with people uh, in this thing, I think he would probably say something along the lines of, uh, you know, put your personal biases aside. And if it's a good idea, work on it. I like uh, it. You know, and, and, and that's truly what, what brought me uh, to, to working with him when he was in Congress. Is uh, I'd worked for a previous congressman, great guy, and all that sort of stuff. But partisan politics is one of the most frustrating things to me. And, uh, you know, gridlock on Capitol Hill or, or even in Lincoln... Um, I don't have room for that. Uh, you know, it's like, look, you know, if there's good ideas, let's, let's you know, roll up our sleeves and get to work on them. And uh, that's truly something that uh, it was a great honor to, to work with Tom through that on Capitol Hill. And, and we were able to, to do that, uh, I think, uh, quite successfully because Tom wasn't driven by a Republican agenda or a Democrat uh-huh. agenda. He was driven by the right agenda, and that's what he would challenge all of us to do in our daily uh, walk as well as, uh, you know, with what we're trying to do uh, collaboratively. Awesome. Good advice for everyone. Bruce, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. Hey, anybody that's out there listening, if there's other voices that you think we need to hear on the NCSA podcast, don't be shy about giving me a shout, or you can contact Dr. Mike Delaney as well. So until next time, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.